We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a pass, Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie to rookie action. Outside the through door, he'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back, gets up the shot, fakes it in. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, coming to you live Sunday, June, June, not July, June 12th. We are closing in on the NBA draft, only about 12 days away. I think it's 12 days away now. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got Nick Crane with me. This week feels like the official kickoff of horrific fake trade Twitter. You mean that's not every week? This week has been especially bad. Like, yeah, leading up to this, it's been like, oh, I, I guess I could see where they're coming from. And this week, it's full on. Let's just, just fire, fire this thing up. I love it. It's kind of like NBA trade week is kind of like truck month for like vehicle companies. Every month is truck month. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, yeah. Just turn on a television. It's like, it's truck month. Come <laughs> to your F-150. That it's sounds like, like a shit. South Park episode. <laughs> Pay me for the idea, South Park. I'll write the episode. I've got JD Silva along for the ride. It may always be truck month, but it's only Toyotathon once per year. <laughs> there you go. Happy Honda days. <laughs> and we've got Justin Peabody. Uh, go forward yourself. You say go forward yourself. It was. I was trying to it's keep the car jokes. It's a brand, Sorry. Jacob. Get with the okay. times, man. Okay. Sorry. Didn't land. Hello, everybody. Is that better? <laughs> I throw everybody off. <laughs> uh, well, so gentlemen, we're we're closing in. Uh, before we dive into a lot of draft talk tonight, a couple of things. A NBA Finals, two to two. Surprised? Is this where you thought it would be? What happens the final three games? Give me a, give me your TLDR thoughts on the finals, Nick. About where I expected it to be. Um, if it were any different, I would have expected the Warriors to be up. But where it is, is is probably what I expected. I expect the Warriors to 
win it all in seven games. Neither team's going to go down that easily. I, I think it's going to go maybe mount to the, the last minute, two minutes of the entire series to figure out who wins this thing. I'd say 2-2 two, two feels right if I had to if you had like asked me how the series would play out, but I think how we got there is maybe not exactly how I would have predicted things. Um I mean blowouts par for the course in this year's playoffs, so we checked those off. But I mean Steph's performance the other night was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think I would have pegged that to be a I, I don't think I would have pegged Steph to like take the team on his back as much like they've looked pretty good as a team like getting contributions from Jordan Poole and guys like that that I would have expected that to be more the storyline but Steph's I mean he's he's putting them on his back like we haven't seen in a while yeah Steph is very scary and Jason Tatum needs to play better I think he's like 23 of 82 for the series yeah that's probably the other big surprise Jason Tatum not uh, not his best stretch of games for sure. It speaks to how good the well. Celtics are, though. Definitely. What'd you say, Nick? So it speaks to how good the Celtics are. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. I I saw. You know, it's really fascinating to see if the Celtics win at all, or if not this year, if soon. You know, they had the Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving team, and you still had all these guys pretty much. Like, not everybody, but most of them, like, the core was there alongside Kyrie and Hayward. And, like, who would have predicted, like, yeah, get rid of those guys and the rest will still go win a chip. That's wild. I think, think it goes to show um, two things. Chemistry and the way pieces fit is ultra important. Like, the talent on those past Celtics teams was probably a lot higher. Yep. Um, top to bottom. Um you got guys like Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard that are like solid role players. But I mean, on that team, I mean, obviously it was years ago. They weren't even in the league, but those types of players probably weren't getting many minutes. Um, This Celtics team plays pretty deep and they play well together. And I also think it teaches a lesson of you can't be ultra attached to every player on the roster. Not to say like, let's go trade Lou Dort, but like trading a guy that you think is a building block doesn't ultimately mean you're taking a step back. Yep. I think that's a great point. point. 100%. I hope it goes seven. I hope it goes seven just so we get more basketball. It's been fascinating though. Um, Shout out to Draymond Green, more fouls and points in the series. (laughs) It's my style. I'd say that's probably the other best Mm storyline. The Draymond Green drama. I don't know guys. Does podcasting take away from your day job? I think it probably does. That was a bad question. (laughs) Goodness. <laughs> All right, let's dive in to some Thunder talk. Nick, you mentioned that it's NBA trade week. Like the, the fake trades are popping up more and more and more. I think we are now officially entering, like this is the last full work week before the NBA draft. We are now entering like rumor season, right? Not just like, random idiots like us on Twitter throwing out trades, but like sourced stuff, people who are plugged in leaking stuff out. I think pretty soon we're going to start getting those like Jonathan Gavoni, Mike Schmitz, mm-hmm. um, mock drafts and rumors and podcasts and Woj and Zach Lowe and what they're hearing. All that stuff is about to start happening. Like we, we are at that point. Speaking of some really big, um, 
I don't want to say new, some some big thunder stuff, good stuff for us because it's content to talk about on the podcast, <laughs> dropped this weekend. Uh, Silva was actually the first one on this from our show um, and tweeted out a screenshot of it Saturday morning. Uh, well, before we dive into that, I guess I should probably plug some stuff first, huh? I think that's <laughs> what, what Silva said. That's what Silva is sending me in the in the private chat right now. Apologies. We're going to talk about some stuff on ESPN. But first, some and important me. stuff for us I need to let you guys know about. First off, uh, we are officially moving over to the call-in app. We've been hosting Twitter spaces on Mondays and Fridays uh, ever since the season ended. Moving forward, though, we are going to move those Twitter spaces from Twitter to the call-in app. Some of you might be familiar with the call-in app. Uh, Jake Fisher uses it frequently. Really, really cool opportunity for us. Um, I just believe on on shooting things straight, so I'm going to tell you guys all this on the podcast. Really awesome opportunity, uh, paid opportunity for the uncontested with Colin. So we're moving to Colin, and we need everybody to show out. So if you haven't already, download the Colin app. You can also find the link. Uh, we've put it in the comment section here on the live stream. We will tweet it out as well. You can sign up for the call-in app. You can download the app on your phone. You could also just go to it through your internet browser on your phone through the link. But hang out with us Mondays and Fridays. Our first show is scheduled for tomorrow at 7 p.m. Central Time, an hour before the finals starts. We're just going to talk some basketball, talk some draft. I think Kevin O'Connor's new mock draft drops tomorrow. We'll be talking about that on Colin. It's basically Twitter spaces, but on a different platform. So come join us, hang out, be part of the conversation, jump up on stage, chat with us. It would mean a lot to us. Uh, it's going to be a few extra dollars in our pockets. Uh, it help us go to Summer League this year. So hey. that would mean a lot. Speaking of Summer League and the draft, on draft night, we will be hosting the third annual uncontested draft live stream. Favorite night of the year. We've done it, obviously, the past two years. This will be year number three. We're super stoked. So regardless of where you're watching the draft from, your living room, your mom's basement, uh, a draft party, doesn't matter. Turn on your phone, pull up YouTube, watch our draft stream, hang out with us. And we have a, a few really fun contests. The first one we're going to leak right now. There's an app called Mockout, M-O-C-K-O-U-T. Uh, it's like Knockout, but for mock drafts. Uh, and if you jump on the, the mockout app, you can build your own first round NBA mock draft and join the uncontested contest. If you do, uh, we will have all of those mocks pulled up. And at the end of the first round, we will announce the winner. Um, whoever wins, we're going to buy you a shirt Jersey of whatever thunder player you want. If it's Chet Holmgren, who the thunder just drafted, if it's Shaden Sharp, who the Thunder just drafted, uh, if it's Shea Gilgis Alexander, whoever you want a jersey. If maybe you want a, a Teo Maladone eh? jersey, we will get you a Teo Maladone jersey if that is what you so desire. Oui, so oui. it's totally free to join. Just hop on uh, and build your mock draft. If you have any questions, please uh, hit us on any of our social channels. We'll have that link up on all of those after the show tonight. I think I got it all, guys. Is that it? We good. We're good. We good. Let's talk some basketball. Okay. As I was mentioning earlier, Saturday morning, Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN 
dropped an article titled, quote, Building the OKC Thunder's Perfect Draft. In this article, he did a mock draft just for the four Thunder picks, number 2, 12, 30, and 34. The biggest takeaway from this little exercise that Gavoni did was pick number 12 was Shaden Sharp. Kind of surprising. I don't think any of us believe Shaden Sharp will be there at 12. A few quotes from the article I want to share, and then we're going to discuss this thing uh, to the ends of the earth. First one, quote, Sharp is conducting competitive three-on-three workouts for most, but not all of the teams picking in the top 10. With his floor likely being this spot with the Thunder, who will be getting a visit and have studied him more closely than any team in the NBA. Let's start with that quote, guys. My first thought, Gavoni cites that OKC, quote, will be getting a visit from Shaden. That means Shaden hasn't visited yet. A video on Shaden's TikTok, though, recorded on June 1st, showed him working out in Oklahoma City uh, one-on-one. Anything to read into there, Nick? Uh, The first is that I hate that TikTok is now a platform that gives us insight into where players are working out. That just... (laughs) Oh, makes me feel really old. Um, Josh Giddy was the first player. I was just I, about to say the, cool, cool old man. <laughs> the he's the first the first guy that like I realized, oh wow, TikTok's like humongous and all these guys are on it. Side note though, I, I don't want to talk about TikTok here. The, I think the biggest takeaway of at least that first comment from Gavoni was that he's not going to be working out with every team in the top ten, which shouldn't be shocking because like Orlando theoretically probably shouldn't be working him out for that number one pick. But I think that also tells you that some of the smoke with people saying like teams view him as maybe the best player in this class, although he's unknown early on. Um, Like maybe it's, maybe it's only six of the top 10 teams, but maybe there's, maybe there's multiple teams in the top 10 that don't view him as high as NBA Twitter does. Like the, the idea of him falling to 12 seems very, very unlikely, but we talk about it every year. There's always that guy that falls. And we all we're all sitting there screaming at our TV, like, oh my gosh, he's continuing to fall. Like Michael Porter Jr. I remember screaming at the TV, like, someone take him. He's going to be so mm-hmm. good. Um, unknowns and risks are a lot easier to take when you're sitting on your couch, not when your job is on the line. So if there really are this many teams that are not even working him out in the top 10 and that don't have a good feel for his game. Hems like that comment there more than even the, the link to the thunder makes me think there's a real chance he could slide maybe not to 12 but could slide RJ Hampton comes to mind too as another one that in recent years like was originally talked about super high and then slid yep and I remember I remember on our draft night stream that year everybody freaking out in the comments because they thought the thunder were going to get RJ Hampton yep and it's just a good reminder of right. how the Everything that seems like a sure bet, everything that seems like a perfect fit, everything that seems like there's tons of smoke for this, when that clock actually starts ticking, like you said, when when someone's job is on the line, that decision looks a lot different than a bunch of armchair GMs on Twitter. <laughs> the four of us. Right, correct. <laughs> yep. I, I remember Bull Bull yeah. falling to 45 and thinking, oh, wow, he is going to be the next like second round steal. Yeah. The dude barely has touched the court in his career. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think what's interesting about Gavoni's mock at 12 
is maybe kind of how I interpreted it was less that he thinks Shaden Sharp's going to be available at 12 and more that he had a juicy nugget on OKC and Shaden Sharp and wanted to share it. And doing that in his mock is a nice way to do that. You if, got it, if that's accurate, if there's something there, OKC's not waiting to 12 for him. You they're they're going to move up. He put, but I think there may there may be smoke there, but it may be at seven. I don't yeah. know. Like how he high put, can the thunder get? He put that nugget there so he could drop this stuff because this I, was the juicy stuff. I want you Gentlemen, to think about I want you to think about the wording though, real quick. The wording in the in the article was Oklahoma City has done was it more homework mm-hmm. than any other yeah, team? Yeah, I got it right here. Or studied more than any other team. Have and studied him more closely than any team in the NBA. That mm-hmm. doesn't sound like something coming from the Thunder front office. Like they they can't say we've studied him more than any team. That seems like something that's that coming comes... from Shane's camp, right? Bingo. Mm-hmm. And then same same story with the top of his list. Like the Thunder don't have the top of, of Shaden Sharp's yeah. list. Like that's and we'll get to that them. quote next. So this is this is the the juice that Gavoni <laughs> brought was not from OKC, yep. which is which is almost more promising maybe that more like valuable. There, there's some real there's some real juice for lack of better term again that sharp might want to be in oklahoma state not that where you want to go is where you're going to land if someone wants you at eight they're not going to say oh darn you want to go to oklahoma city i'll let you go um but i think that that's very 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 interesting context and homework mm-hmm. or studying oklahoma city with the most studying could mean they don't like him that, right. It doesn't mean that they've done the most studying and they love him. Yeah. They got to do more homework because there's nothing else to evaluate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for what it's worth, I mean, the Thunder sent multiple, more than one person over to Australia during the COVID year and had their scouts sit through two plus weeks of quarantine, just locked in an Australian hotel room so they could get eyes on Josh Giddy live. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was Gavoni. Uh, and Sam Vecini and maybe even Woj who have said like Presti and his scouting like watched Josh more than any other team did. Like they were yeah. over in Australia more than any other team. That's some, there's something there as, as Nick would put it, there's some juice there. Like th- they have really dug in deep and there's a whole lot of stuff here. We'll, we'll, we'll get some more of that in just a second. The other thing I wanted to mention though, on this specific quote, is our friend Derek Murray, uh, scout for Babcock Hoops, said that he's talked to multiple teams, and he mentioned this on a podcast. Uh, he's talked to multiple teams in the top 10 that have said, Yeah, we think Shaden will go in the top 10, but it won't be to us. Huh. And when you talk to four, five teams in the top 10, and they say, Yeah, Shaden will go top 10, but he's not going to us, and you know those top four are going to be those top four you're running out of teams in the top 10. So maybe they all think someone else is going to take him, but the, everyone else is saying, oh, it's not going to be me. That's why guys start to fall, right? Mm-hmm. I think there are some dots to connect there. Uh, next quote from Gavoni. Quote, Sharp's camp also doesn't sound overly concerned with where he's picked, preferring to take a long-term view in steering him to an advantageous development situation in which he can maximize his significant potential and become an all-star with the Thunder being at the top of their list. 
that again so sounds like yeah that, that again sounds like Shaden's camp is trying to steer the direction of, of that draft like hey I don't know no shade at the Sacramento Kings but hey I don't want to go to the Sacramento Kings I don't think I'm going to be able to reach my potential a team like that or a team like Portland's been rumored heavily to tr- to be wanting to trade yeah. their pick then he wouldn't know he would have no idea where he's going unless they have that intel um so I mean that that does point to the reputation OKC has built for themselves at this point with developing talent, having a long-term outlook, especially if they take a guy like Chet and all signs point to, we are investing in you long-term. We want the highest possible outcome for you. And this is where you need to be to get that. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised by that at all. And that lines up with his desire to end up at a place like OKC if that desire is there. I think there's a cynical way to read that quote, which is preemptive damage control. And that was like the first time I read it, I, I kind of wonder if that's a little bit of what's going on. So like explain yourself, we were talking about, um, consider the source. And I think we all feel somewhat confident as confident as you can, that this is probably coming from Shaden's camp, right? Like this is Shaden Sharp and his people putting a message out. So you have to ask, why are they putting this message out? And what is the message they're trying to put out? And when you read, he doesn't care where he's drafted. He just wants a good fit. There's a, I can look at that quote and see reading between the lines. We're not going as high as we thought we were, but it's cool. Like, no, that was never the goal. That wasn't the point. Cause then you're pre you're cutting off the narrative of like, this dude didn't play all year. And now he's going to, you know, he's not even going top 10. Like he's not even going to go top 10 and wow. What a stupid decision. They're getting out in front of it. And being like, no, 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 no. That wasn't what we were trying to do. We just want a good fit. Like the Thunder, the Thunder be great. And they're not in the top 10. And so there's a way that I can see it from that perspective. Almost like damage control. Like preemptive damage control, right? Yeah. So that it doesn't become this narrative of like, you know, he took a gamble and it didn't pay off. And now he's going X. It's like, no, that, you know, this was the plan all along. Now, how that ties back to like, how authentic is the like tie with the thunder there? Or is this all damage control? I, I, that's where that starts to break down for me a little bit. Cause I don't think it's all it's, I don't know the, the way the rest of the quotes come out, it's a little weird to tie your wagon that tight to the thunder. If this is just a purely, Oh, you know, we don't care if we go top 10 kind of statement, but I can, I could put my tinfoil hat on and connect those dots. Yeah, the, the part of that quote that says, let me get back to it real quick. With the Thunder being at the top of their list, that's not a throw-in line. Right. You know, that's not just... That's making a statement about something. Like, this is where we want our client to end up at. Who do you think this is a statement to? Is that's it to question. the other 29 teams or is it to the Thunder? Part of part of me has thought like it's, it's kind of it could be to the Thunder like saying hey maybe think about trading up for me if you want me to go mm-hmm. to your team. I feel like there's a much more direct line of communication if they wanted that message to get out. I like, agree. If you want Sam Preston to trade up from you, I'm pretty damn sure Shaden's agent's got Sam's number <laughs> saved right. in his phone. Yeah, he doesn't need to get it to him through a Gavoni article on that Sam may never read. Um, I do think that on the flip side versus texting or talking to, or it's a hard conversation. Like if 
taking an example of New York at 11. If they, if their camp is like, we've seen guys go to New York that are young, Obi Toppin, like don't get playing time, sit yep. at the end of the bench. Thibodeau doesn't play young guys unless they're superstars. Like maybe we don't like that fit. It's a lot easier to release something like this than it is to call the New York front office and say like, we obviously would love to get drafted by anybody, but I don't know if we love New York. Mm-hmm. I agree with that or Sacramento or any of those other places, like you just said of that. Don't check those boxes of why in that quote, you know, he'd be excited about a fit in Oklahoma city. I, that's kind of how I would take it to Nick. Yeah. Another, another coach that's known for not playing young guys is Rick Carlisle, which is funny because he left the Mavs to go to a playoff Pacers team and now they're picking <laughs> in the yeah. top 10. Um, yeah. He's notorious for like, not playing young guys. And yep. so I wonder if, I mean, different situation, obviously than Dallas, but like if I, if I was a guy that was a high risk kind of guy and like, doesn't have the experience, I don't know if that's where I want to be. Totally fair. If there's a ton, like, like Justin mentioned, there's a ton of like cynical tinfoil hat, <laughs> um, read between the lines, things we could do with this. But at the end of the day, this is where I've landed. Which is funny for me to say, considering I was on this show one week ago, and I said Shaden Sharp could be J- Jalen Green or Gerald Green, right? Like I made a pretty bold statement, and now I'm here talking about Shaden again. If the Thunder truly are at the top of their list, like Shaden's camp says, we're cool with being at a small market team, at a developing team, at a team that can guide our guy. Uh, who skipped his senior year of college, who didn't play, or senior year of high school, didn't play college ball and needs that runway. We think this is the bo- best of both worlds. He can mm-hmm. grow with a young franchise. He he wants to stay loyal. We're intrigued with what Oklahoma City is building. Like If that is the case, if you have a guy that has that level of upside that wants to play in Oklahoma City, to me the Thunder front office has to take that pretty seriously, right? I, I mean, you, you don't give a shit in the top three. Like if Paulo yeah. says, I don't like Oklahoma City because they stole the Sonics. Like, we don't <laughs> care. You are the best guy on the board. We're going to take yes. you, yeah. and we'll figure out the rest of the shit later. Yeah. But yeah. as you get down that line, if you have somebody that wants to play in Oklahoma City, that's pretty massive, I feel like at least. I tweeted this out from the pod account today because I, I found it interesting. Um, and, and Derek, when he came on the pod, talked about this briefly, that there's certainly guys every year that come through that will straight up, not them, but their agent or their, their camp will straight up say like large markets for us, like long-term we want to be in a large market. Not that like shaden sharp has come out himself and said like i'd love to play in a small market like Oklahoma city but he had four college teams left in his final four it was g league ignite and then four college teams one of which was oklahoma state obviously he went to kentucky ended up never playing but the fact that a team in oklahoma was on his final four tells me he's not a guy that has to be in the big city like i i think between that nugget and then this nugget i'm confident in saying like I don't see him being a guy that's like running for the fences whenever his rookie extension comes to a close. Yeah. And I think like that's a big deal. Trying to force him way, his way out. 
Yep. And I think that matters. Now, counterpoint, where, what did you say at the top, Jacob, 12 days out from the draft? I believe that's correct. Does that, does that feel right? 11. We're, we're at 11 now, I think. 11. So I looked back while Nick was talking because I was curious. It was nine days before the draft last year that the book night to OKC rumors took off. Dinner with Sam, huh? So we are we are firmly in the like if we're looking at a roadmap to the NBA draft, the you are here is on like unjustified chatter around a pairing in Oklahoma City. Like it yep. seems like it happens every year. So yeah. Jaden Sharp could be this year's book night, which I think we've kind of heard like maybe was never anything and was just chatter. Um who knows? Maybe there's nothing, but then you think back, you know, two years ago. And this is about the time that you started getting like word about Poku. So, yeah. but but we at least not... we at least heard Oklahoma City had interest in Poku. This this feels very interested in Oklahoma City. We haven't we haven't heard yeah, that's true that the Thunder are like all in on Shaden Sharp or like right near the top of their board. Which that if 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 that came out in the next twelve days, I'm thinking, holy shit, Sam's gonna definitely move up and do this, or but... he's gonna murder someone for leaking it. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> right. And and flip side, Nick, just to throw another thing out there that makes all this so much harder to read. You mentioned that quote earlier that when Gavoni said, no team in the NBA has done studied Shaden more. Whenever I hear that term studied, I'm assuming that means gone and seen him play live in like Peach Jam and EYBL and these AAU tournaments, um, gone to Kentucky maybe to see practice and done the homework as far as talking to people connected to him, former coaches, former opposing coaches, et cetera, et cetera. In that case, the Thunder have studied every player more than any team. Well, yeah, but you know, you said that just because you studied him a lot, doesn't mean you like him. I think devil's devil's advocate here is if I pick up this book off the shelf and it's an 800 page book, and I get 300 pages in, and I'm like, uh, I don't like this. I'm not going to read the rest of the 500 pages. Sure, but the, the circumstance. Like, like, you ever watched a show where it's, like, not grabbing you, but it's either, like, so weird or there's, like, some kind of weird twist where you're like, I don't love this, but I have to, I have to keep watching and see where it goes. I almost feel like with Shade and, like... Watch it? He right. He like he like becomes the number one high school prospect overnight at Peach Jam. He goes to Kentucky but doesn't play. So the only way to see him is in practice. Which which ownership and and front offices did go to Kentucky practices. And then he's not doing a ton of pre draft stuff besides that pro day one on Z. Like that's like maybe you don't love him, but you almost have to like keep engaging it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does it surprise you that Gavoni said that he's playing three on three in all these draft workouts? We talked about the one on chair, the one on none. Apparently no, he's playing three on three. If his if his camp is getting a sense that he's slipping and, and this like we're talking about hedging and damage control, they might think we we like the the mysterious prospect angle we were working may not be going as well as we thought. Let's let's like start pushing a little bit towards like we have something and we can play three on three. Definitely. Well, speaking of his quote unquote camp, let's get to this part real quick. I want to talk about dots that we can maybe connect with Oklahoma City and Shaden. 
Okay. I'm just going to throw a few things out here. You guys choose what we're going to talk about, what we're going to run with. Okay. There's the Canada connection. A lot of Thunder fans want to make that connection. Um, he is technically international. The Thunder already have two Canadian guys on the roster. There's the Ken- Kentucky connection, right? Uh, especially there with SGA. There is Washington, who is Shane's advisor. Uh, Washington, actually, I forget his first name, tried to get cleared to be an agent so he could be Shaden Sharp's agent in this draft cycle. Um, wasn't able to do so, but he is an advisor to Shaden Sharp, and he works closely with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's been an, an advisor for Shea Gilgis-Alexander for a long time. So Washington and Presti have a relationship. Any dots to connect with any of those things? Or is, is this me just throwing out stuff like correlation doesn't equal causation? Feels like these could all, I mean, if it's kind of a cop-out answer, but it feels like maybe a, a little bit of each of those things could be could be there, especially we don't know his relationship directly with SGA, but maybe maybe they talk. Maybe he's given them kind of a sense of what it would be like to play for the team. Uh, maybe he's, he's not... given some of Sam Presti's insight with their transparency last year, and, exactly. and now Shea is selling people on the vision of Oklahoma City. Not really. That's that's true tinfoil hat. Go ahead. Keep continuing. <laughs> the tinfoil hat feels good sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, no, the the Kentucky... I didn't know about the advisor. That that definitely adds... Uh, Wayne that, Washington. I think that's the most interesting dot. Like, Canada, Kentucky, whatever. I mean, I think there, there may be something there of like, he's probably talked to Shea and heard about the franchise and what it's like to play there. But do I think as much as Presty does love his international prospects, is he like, Oh my God, this guy's from Canada too. <laughs> like sign me up. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that is as big of a draw as like there's some relationship there. And I think that matters. I don't think that's nothing. Uh, but the, the advisor piece is interesting because the NBA is built on relationships. Like you see it some of the flashier names, like you see it with clutch sports. That's the one that always gets brought up, right? Like the rich Paul factor and all this stuff is it's not nothing. And I think to a smaller extent with some of these other guys like that, that stuff matters who Sam Presti feels comfortable working with, who he knows, who he trusts, who he has relationships with, who he's dealt with in the past. All of that stuff matters. And I think it is interesting when you see a guy like Shaden Sharp, you know, kind of working with somebody like that, that shows that he's probably got a head start, maybe not a leg up, but maybe a head start over other guys who maybe have never, you know, don't have a great close relationship with Presty. If I take anything from this, it's not even about Shaden. Oh, it is about Shaden, but it's more about if Shaden and Shay share an advisor. And Shade that advi- share, Shaden Shay share, Shaden Shay share. Tongue twister. And that advisor is so high on Oklahoma. Not that the advisor is like the end all be all, but if that advisor has a good enough opinion and view on Oklahoma City that they're at the top of Shaden Sharp's list, get out of my mention saying SJ went out of Oklahoma City because that just makes no sense. Yep, I love it, Nick. Yeah, that was my thing is not Shay and Shaden having a relationship through that agent. Or not the agent, but the advisor. What, what's no. his first name, Nick? Dwayne. Dwayne Dwayne Washington, thank you. 
it's Dwayne Washington and Sam Presti having that relationship yep. because of Shea Gilgis Alexander. And then Dwayne tells Sam, hey, come check out Shaden. Come to this practice. Uh, come see what we're doing, where he's at in his development, yada, yada, yada. Maybe Sam Presti has a leg up. We talked about they've studied him more than any any other team in the league. Maybe part of that is because Presti's had more access. Yep. You know, and again, as Nick mentioned, that doesn't mean Presti loves the guy, but I don't think my assumption would be, and we've talked about this, that this whole Shaden stuff from Gavoni is probably coming from Shaden's camp. Washington is part of Shaden's camp. Washington isn't burning a bridge with his close guy, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and his team and his front office. That's what makes me think there's a little bit of fire where this smoke is at. Like you guys mentioned, the other dots, kind of far out there, kind of tinfoil hat. But that one just, there's something to that one that I think we could, it's materializing, right? Yep. You like to have dots regardless. Yes. Dots are fun to talk about. <laughs> before before we finish the Shane thing, two more things. A, does Shaden fit what OKC is building? Yep. Oh, yeah. Maybe? Oh, okay. Ooh. First, Nick Nick and Silva. You <laughs> instantly just said, yeah. Why? I like There's the scoring upside. I like the fact that he plays wing and Oklahoma City has zero of those. They, they have players that can play the wing. Shea, Josh, Lou, none of those guys are wings. Yeah, like he plays the three immediately. Yeah, yeah. Justin? Who knows? No one knows anything about <laughs> Shaden Sharp, right? Yeah. Other sure. than like, I mean, Sam Presti does. So if he picks him, obviously he feels like there's a fit. But we don't know. Like, it, we've seen nothing. Nothing that you can tangibly evaluate. Like high school film is awesome, but it's not relevant. Like it's not totally totally irrelevant, but it's still not the same. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Like go look back at the the top high school prospects. Go, go look at Darius Baisley's high school tape and you think yeah. he's the next LeBron. Right. And yeah, and then go look at the top prospects and see, you know, after one year of college, who's not even projected to go in the first round. And that's not uncommon. And I'm not saying that shade and sharp, but from what the general public has to evaluate, you can't know that. Mm-hmm. Now, Sam Presti is doing all his homework to try to know that. Yep. And I think that, again, if he moves up and takes him, I think you can trust that based off Presti's track record. But we just don't know. We I just think. really can't know at this point. I think the best example of that, and last last thought on this, is if Jaden Hardy had gone to Kentucky and sat out like Shaden did, he'd be going top five in this class. And the fact that he didn't, he's mm. probably going in the 20s. Yep. That's a banger take, Nick. Can't lie. <laughs> I like it. Really interesting stuff here. So let's end the Shaden Sharp talk by playing the percentages. Yes. Oh. I'm going to give you guys a statement. You give me a percentage on that statement being factual. Statement is very, very simple. The OKC Thunder select Shane Sharp or trade up for him on draft night. What's the percentage chance that that is a factual statement come 
this time, 9.44 p.m. on June 23rd. 20? Just, Justin, you go first. Okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to wait for the I had to set high. the bar somewhere. You okay. did. Here's the bar. 5%. Really? Thank God I didn't go first. <laughs> Nick went 20. <laughs> Justin goes 5. JD, give us your where you were going to go, and then now that you've heard us, where you're actually going to go. <laughs> where I was going to go was 45%. Oh, oh boy. Yes. Wow. I just this man's drinking all the Kool-Aid, all the juice. You're right. You're very right. Uh, no, it's more, probably more like 15%. Feel better about that. There, there's a lot of variables. Like, There's a, a real world where uh, the, the team at 8 or 9 is like, yeah, we'll trade back. And Sam Presti looks at who's available there, and he loves Shaden Sharp. But, oh, crap, Keegan Murray's also there. As much as we love Shaden Sharp, we're going to go with this guy instead. Like, Yep. There's there's just so many things. There's also a scenario where Sam Presti does really want Shaden Sharp and doesn't get him. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Is there a scenario where Sam Presti takes Shaden at two? No. No. Don't say that. And it, it's no. it's Please it's God, funny no. though because <laughs> when when Gavoni's report came out today, everybody in Oklahoma City immediately thought trade up from twelve. Yep. Everybody else around the league thought wow, they might take him at two or now they'll trade back and take him at four or six instead of two. It's like, yo, you guys are looking at it from the wrong angle here. Yeah, 100%. All right. That happens. The city burns down. (laughs) That would not be received. Well, God. All right. But so we're done with Shaden talk. We're going to talk some more draft pick stuff before we do that though. Quick word from the sponsors for the week. What's up Thunder fans. This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back. Gentlemen, let's move on to our next topic. Speaking of draft rumors, news coming out over the weekend. Uh, Adam Spinella, the creator of the Box and One, the draft scouting and Intel uh, Substack, uh, reported, quote unquote, reported. We have heard from one source that the OKC Thunder are actively engaging in talks revolving around the 30th and 34th selections. A roster crunch is coming. And the Thunder are hoping to use the picks to land a veteran who can flank the guy they select second overall. So some questions about that report for you guys. First one, are we buying it? Let me give let me give two two thoughts here. One, um, this is not dogging on the report because even having one source is like a source. Like that's that's huge. Um I feel like it's a it's a general thing like most reports aren't made without two sources um that being said on the flip side if sam and team weren't engaging in trade talks with 30 and 34 i would i would drop dead in in shock like they're they're engaged in in trade ideas for every pick even number two like every single pick player any scenario is being discussed, floated, talked about internally, externally, whatever, because that's the only way you can gauge the market. So to answer your question, are we buying this? Uh, yes, but I don't think it took this report for me to like believe this was happening. I, I think there's some truth here, and then I think there's some insinuation, and I think I buy the truth a lot more than the insinuation. Like Like Nick said, are they in talks around the 30 and 34 selections? Absolutely. Have they talked to some people about using that to get a veteran? Probably. That seems like a logical avenue you'd want to discuss. Do I think that means that's where they're leaning? That's where I start to be like, mm, I think we might have like overstepped the implications of this nugget a little bit. Like, I'm sure that's one avenue. I'm sure they're having just as many conversations about using 30 and 34 to get to pick x i'm sure they're looking at tons of other options another young guy like who knows what they're talking about but i think they're probably having at least one conversation about packaging those for a veteran and then i think the comment about like the roster crunch is coming i think that's just somebody like doing exactly what we do of like 
there's more picks than they have roster spots. And like, that's, they're drawing some lines there that I think are a little bit obvious, but I don't necessarily think that that I think they're, they're jumping to conclusions a little bit just because they need a roster crunch doesn't necessarily mean they're trying to get a veteran. Right. And, and in their offense, there's 15 guys under contract for next season and there's four picks. So mm-hmm. by definition, there is physically and literally a roster crunch, right? That does not mean they're just going to trade away. Like I saw a report, a report, a quote, I saw a rumor on Twitter <laughs> that said the thunder were looking to move pick 12 because they don't have enough roster. But no, that's the insinuation where it's like, yep. yeah, duh, they have 19 guys for 15 spots. There's going to have to be something that happens. For what it's worth, they can carry 20, 25 through training camp. It's 20. So you don't have to make yeah. a decision now. Okay. Before we dive deeper into this trade 30 and 34 for a veteran, you guys have kind of already gone there. So I want to talk about this. Is the quote OKC has a roster crunch talking point already getting annoying? <laughs> I think the answer is yes. Here's the thing, guys. Next season, the Thunder have their own first. They have a Denver Nuggets first rounder that will likely convey to them. It's lottery protected. I think we all believe Denver will be in the playoffs next year. They have a Detroit Pistons first rounder. That probably won't come their way. They have a Wizards first rounder. That one probably also won't come their way. Both of those picks are lottery protected. I don't think any of us are betting on Detroit or Washington making the playoffs next year. They also have their own second and two other seconds next year. And then in 2024, they have four first rounders, their own Houston's, the Clippers, and the Jazz top 10 protected. Every year for the next five, they have 17 picks over the next five years. First rounders. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. We're going to have the roster crunch conversation for the next five years mm-hmm. until they start packaging some of these picks to move up in drafts. Maybe they do that as early as this year. The talking point is annoying. It is annoying. <laughs> is it not? Like it, it no, just it pisses it me off. They don't got enough spots for all these players. Guess they're gonna give away their picks. Shut the no, hell no. up. No, no, here, here's here's the reality. There's even after this draft, there's five guys on this roster that that have roster spots in the year 2024. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna be giving away picks. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be saying goodbye, Teo, mm-hmm. goodbye, Ty, goodbye, Isaiah. That's what's going to be happening. It's roster exploration to use the prestiism. It's it's roster exploration. That's what it means. You get a guy in, you work him out, you put him in your system, you see how he does. If he's not what you want, you send him elsewhere. And now you got four draft picks next year to bring in new guys that you can run through the same system. You give them a couple of years and you see if they fit. Yep. And I think that's that's what's going to be really interesting as this team builds back towards contention is like seeing how they approach it then. Like once yep. they've got a good young core and they're kind of starting to make that turn. How do they approach those draft picks? Then that's where I think that conversation starts to get more interesting. Cause I think now that you could absolutely bring in four rookies yeah. this year. Do I think they might try to consolidate one? Yeah, probably. But you, you could bring in four rookies and probably not lose much sleep trying to cut four guys to make space yeah. for them. Do, do you think the thing is Teo or Isaiah could you trade them for pick 55 this year? I think it would be 
maybe maybe it's like a the fact a, that you're saying maybe means they're expendable exactly i think yeah. i mean people yeah. look at like guys no offense to isaiah roby seems like the nicest kid in the world i hope his career works out people are like oh I, isaiah roby can do this why does he not start all year he should be in the rotation it's all perspective based look at who they were playing look at who they were playing against like Whenever you get pick two and twelve in here, are you going to be as high on Isaiah Roby? No. Yep. yep. You know exactly. I I would argue Darius Baisley maybe falls in that conversation. When this team is actually competing for a Western Conference Finals, is Darius Baisley in the eight man playoff rotation? If he is, he's number eight. And I don't if know he if is, he's there. If he is, they're not contending probably as he, <laughs> as it sits <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and right. and you gotta you gotta pay that guy next summer. Do you want to pay Darius Baisley, who probably isn't in your eight man rotation, come nut up or shut up time? Darius Baisley might not be in your six man rotation next season. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like, yep. or do you want to give that spot to pick number twelve this year or pick number thirteen next year, who's going to be on that rookie scale and have a higher ceiling? You know, have more room to grow. I think people look at these players and get attached, uh, yes. rightfully so. We're, we're fans. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. But I think people's opinions on some of these players are going to shift yeah. mighty quickly come June 23rd. And you it's have to get to... attached to them during during a rebuild like this. Like The right. games are not fun for the most part. So you attach yeah. yourselves to personalities, to individual plays. Uh, but the reality is during the rebuild – things that you all have described are what happens. These guys will get turned over, turned over, turned over, turned over all the time. And, and I think sometimes like we you'll turn about... over good guys. I mean, look yeah. at what, look at what Philly did during the process. Yep. I think you nailed it right there. Jacob is that turnovers, the name of the game in the NBA. I think we looked at this a few months ago. I don't remember the exact number, but like most guys are not on the same team. They were five years ago, good or not good. That's just fact. Like mm-hmm. you don't stay on teams that long. They get Darius Baisley is the longest tenured OKC Thunder player. And so like he's, he's above average in terms of the league and it's, it has nothing to do with his skill level. That's just how the league works with the way contracts are set up. And as many guys as there are out there, you're there's going to be turnover. And so you have to think that five years from now, this Thunder roster is probably nearly unrecognizable to what it is today outside of a couple guys. I was trying to pitch Darius Baisley as a player to one of my friends that is a Celtics fan the other day. And this tells you how much of a stretch it had to be. I was like, man, Darius Baisley's like just, you know, above average at blocking mid-range jump shots. He's like better, better than most guys in the NBA at that. And <laughs> kind of stopped there. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect anybody to know this answer on the podcast. I, I would guess the answer is zero, but like the Memphis Grizzlies are on that track mm-hmm. that we'd like the Thunder to be. I don't think there's a player on their current roster that was on the team five years ago. No, mm-hmm. no, I don't think so. I don't think there's any, not even five years ago. There's not a player on that team now that played with Mike Conley. Is there? I, I, not that I can think of. Is Kyle Anderson like their most tenured guy at this point? Which is crazy because he hasn't been there that long. I don't right. think. Like that—that—that's—that's that's the point, though. Like, right. you can't—you—you you can get attached because we all—we all love the Lindy Waters story, and like, it's—it's it's fun in the moment because there's not much else to cling on to. Bingo. To be yep. frank, but 
if you want to be a great team, you keep the core guys and you retool around them. And that's what's going to happen. 100%. Let's, let's steer the conversation back to that trading 30 and 34 for a veteran. Let's just imagine for a second, okay, that June 23rd is here. The Thunder take Chet at two. Let's imagine that they trade 12 plus future assets to move up to like eight and they get Shaden. What type of player are they looking to get with 30 and 34? Like if they're targeting a veteran, put put those two picks together, go get a veteran player. What veteran player, like not, don't give me specific names, but what type of player do you target if you have Shea and Josh and Dort and Chet and Shaden and Trey Mann and Darius Baisley and Kenrich Williams and Mike Muscala and Derek Favors? Like, what are you trying to go out and get at that point? I think what is the veteran presence that you need? I think you're trying to get a big. I think you're trying to get a, a vet big man who can play alongside Chet for a little while, can mentor Chet a little bit, teach him some things about how to play down low in the NBA, maybe add a little bit of toughness. I'm not trying to get a Kendrick Perkins in here necessarily, but like a little bit of the, all right, let's start getting a, a guy who knows what's up. I'm not looking for, you know, a, a 15 year vet or something like that, but somebody who's been in the league longer than 90% of the Thunder roster who can bring a little bit of that, that wisdom and, um, you know, skill set that you obtain after spending time in the league. I think there's, there's, there's not the down low, how to play physical. As you said that, I think Mike Muscala probably does a lot for Mm -hmm. Chet year one. Sure. Good point. Both from Minnesota, both white, (laughs) both can shoot it. Now you're connecting. Both are big man. Both have Mario tattoos, maybe. That would be incredible. <laughs> By the end of the season. <laughs> uh, I have a I have a pitch for, for you three. There's been uh, rumors. There's been rumors connecting Rudy Gobert to Atlanta as an option. I was just thinking this. Oh, yeah. What if they want to reroute Clint Capella's salary to somewhere else? That's 30 and 34. Get that done. You Here's take on salary. Clint Capella. You send 30 and 34 to Utah. Um. Atlanta sends 17 and uh, Herder 17. And uh, who's the guy from Virginia that, that they took like four? DeAndre overall. Hunter. DeAndre Hunter to uh, to Utah. Gobert ends up. Then you're starting Clint Capella next to Chet Holmgren. Hmm. Feels better. That He's was my initial eight. thought whenever yeah. Justin mentioned a big. He's owed 18 million in 2022-23. And that's it. And then does that contract end after that? Yes. I don't. I don't think there's any way this happens. Like that's an interesting one, Silva. I I, I agree. That's that's a good one, Silva. In a vacuum, I really like Nerlens Noel to be a guy that is around Chet. And and listen, hear me out. <laughs> Nerlens Noel is a guy that had the same kind of hype coming mm-hmm. out of college, and never ended up being that guy. Um, he could he could teach Chet how to eat some damn hot dogs. I think no, I think it's a unique perspective on like Chet made a comment at the combine when they said who's the best player in the league, and he said me in a couple months. Like I, I it's probably mostly joking, 
but it's a huge leap. And I think Nerlens has the concept of when you get here, like you're not the guy anymore. You got to reprove yourself. Also as a fantastic defensive player has always been kind of on the skinny side, gotten beat up. And I, I just again, and came into the process Sixers. He did. He did. And I don't, I don't think there's, I don't, I don't think he's a guy Presti trades 30 and 34 for like no way. Hmm. But, but that kind of a guy has unique perspective that a lot of players don't have. He also spent time with the Thunder organization before yeah. is used to the culture, uh, kind of got his career back on track. The Thunder did, you mm-hmm. know, before that, again, he, he was eating hot dogs in the media room in Dallas and <laughs> trashing, uh, not just in the media in, in <laughs> Philly, you know, yeah. really got, got his, his life back together in OKC and got that second opportunity. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one as well. I guess, is there anything else you guys want, want to talk about? Do you, do you feel for sure if they traded 30 and 34, it would be for a big? Um, I think in the same vein, if they traded for a, a Gerald, not, Gerald Green's not a guy you trade for. I don't think he's on a roster right now. But a, a veteran wing could be cool to have around Shaden Sharp too. Because again, the Thunder don't have one of those on the roster. A wing, the not teams, even a veteran wing, a wing. Yeah, who are the teams that don't have draft picks this year? Oh, Utah, the, Brooklyn. Dallas? Austin, Phoenix. Phoenix doesn't have one. I don't think Dallas has one. I think Dallas that's is 26. Knicks. Okay. Next year's the next pick. There's four teams. There's there's four teams that don't have a first round. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's Boston. That one went out in the in the Derek White trade. Right. Great trade. I wonder if one of one of those teams. Yeah. I wonder if one of those teams could be the uh, take thirty and thirty four. We talked about that on the pod. Like, there's a lot of these teams like Brooklyn that aren't going to have a bunch of salary flexibility, but might take a high floor guy on a minimum or not minimum like a rookie scale deal. Could be interesting. Um, like, like there's there's certainly a case where teams want to trade into the draft. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of those those teams that don't have a pick is is the team yeah. that would move a veteran for some younger, more cost efficient players. You guys I like Aaron Neesmith anymore? I do. I also I also like. Uh, I don't know if the Suns are for sure one of the teams that don't have one. I know like the Thunder obviously have their their 30th pick, but the Suns may have a second rounder or something. But uh I'd love Landry Shamit. Hmm. Hmm. That could be interesting. Yeah. I think I think the case for a wing um makes sense. I think you still want a lot of the same qualities, maybe not as much just, you know, for somebody Chet could model if that's who you take it to, but just somebody who can bring a little bit of that like veteran guidance into the locker room. I think as you start to turn that corner, that's a valuable asset to have in the locker room. And I think to your point, uh, Jacob, I think Mike Miscala is probably doing some of that right now in the locker room, but who knows how long he's filling that role. Yeah, that's fair. That is definitely fair. All right. Play the percentage again, guys. I'm going to give you a statement. You tell me what percentage chance that statement is true. OKC trades draft capital in this draft for a veteran. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%.
I think you could trade 30, 34, one of the two, and a player for something pretty intriguing. Like if you Kenny Hustle on those two picks, you might be able to get you might be able to get like all the above, like a 27-year-old that's a vet that's been around a long time that also fits the timeline that also is good. Is that like a Miles Turner range? I probably it's not enough for Miles Turner. I don't know. I think that's a that's a good example. I don't know if that gets it. You may have to throw in a future first or two, like but but that type of player where it's like he is older, but he's gonna be still young enough when the Thunder are good again. I don't know. I don't love the idea of, of giving up that much for a center, but if that's the guy, that's the guy. I, I, I like that. That's he's he's young, he's a vet, defensive minded, helps you win in the future. Maybe, maybe. I think it's a year too early. I you think want, that, you want Victor, mm. huh? You want Victor I, so bad. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> Same price do is it. not stupid. All of us do. Yeah. You know what you can do with four new rookies on a team? You can lose a lot of games without That's trying true. very hard. Could you can you get a imagine? lot of experience for some young guys and stay pretty comfortable in your lottery odds. I just want you, everyone that's listening to this podcast, I want you to close your eyes and visual, visualize for just a moment a lineup on opening night of the 2023-24 season that is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Giddy, Poku, Chet, Wimbanyama. Oh my God. I'm not dropping the sounder again. <laughs> The Poku inclusion is wild. Wild. <laughs> of of arms. I, I think that while while Victor is a legit generational prospect, the lottery odds tell you you don't have to be the absolute worst team. And we've talked about this in other pods. Correct. There's not there's not many teams that I look at next year and I'm like, wow. Even throw Miles Turner in as that example. There's still not more than three or four teams, and I'm like, wow, that team's worse than the Thunder. Like, yeah. they're just not out there. You can be the third or second worst team and still have the same exact shot at Victor. But you might need more rookie minutes to do that than we did this year. We, we have seen those levers pulled. Miles mm-hmm. Turner has missed a lot of games due to injury on True. real teams. <laughs> He'll miss a lot of games due to injury on this team. Awesome. You guys have any more thoughts before we get out of here for today? Mm. Cool. Mm. No, I, 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 we, we all should have one last thought. <laughs> Fire. Let, let's, let's let's do let's do a roundtable on who we think the Thunder end up with with the two lottery picks if we had to give our projection about two weeks. Like right out. now, right now. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, so we go first. first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Chet and Jeremy Sohan. Ooh, Justin. Oh uh, gosh, Chet. I'm I'm still leaning Chet. Chet the bed, baby. Chet the bed. The second one. I mean, somebody that we have literally spent less than ten seconds talking about is probably who is going to end up getting picked here. So I don't I don't know if it's like Johnny Davis just because like. Screw your wing depth. We're just going for it. Um, 
do they take a swing on Jalen Duran? I don't know. I think it's going to be somebody that we've not kind of pegged as Give the obvious choice. Like, like, I'm okay. Fine, Duran. All right, thank you. Let's go, Duran. Okay. Nick. Jabari Smith Jr. <laughs> and AJ Griffin. Oh, the shooting. The shooting. Do I have to give one? Yes. 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 What do you mean? You kidding me? <laughs> I'll go with who we talked about tonight. Chet and Shaden. Oh. Okay. Hey, for what it's worth, <laughs> I don't know if any of our listeners have watched this yet. Uh, Mike Schmitz of ESPN does film breakdowns with all these prospects. I'm anxiously awaiting the Chet one. I really want to see the Chet one. I've actually, I like keep refreshing the NBA on ESPN YouTube channel and like every day and they never post them. And then I find out they switched them over to the regular ESPN YouTube, which kind of pisses me off. So I missed like three of them. The one with Dyson Daniels. Hey, Chet's Chet's dropped three weeks ago. (laughs) No, that's like on set at the lottery. They talked about it for like five minutes. Okay, oh, it's that's it's not like the full it's not the full video. Trust me, I've looked. You you want the sit down? <laughs> yeah, I want the twenty minute sit down. The twenty had, minute he, sit down. He had Dyson one. Daniels. He had one in October of last year. Have you watched yeah, that at the one? Big, at, before they they started the season? Okay. He's done an, a, okay. another one that I want okay. to watch. Okay, the Dyson Daniels one, incredibly impressive for an 18, 19 year old kid. Dyson has, he's incredibly articulate. I mean, this is just what I'm getting from a 25-minute ESPN YouTube video, right? But in comparison to the other ones, incredibly articulate, down-to-earth, understands where he plays well at, what his deficiencies are, what his limitations... He's not in there saying, in five years, I see myself as first-team All-NBA MVP winning... It. Like, <laughs> he is very realistic. Um, he's not... I mean, you want your players to be idealistic as well, but... Go watch it. Like, I, if you're not sold on Dyson, you can't watch that video and then not be sold on him. He's very, very, very impressive. I don't think the fit in Oklahoma City is the best, but I like him a lot. I like him a lot, and I can see him being like a Lonzo Ball type player in the league for a long time. Yeah, feels He's like awesome. he and Shaden have like swapped spots. In the projected draft. That's, that's very fair. That's yeah. very fair. It feels like we haven't talked about Usman Jang since he was flavor of the week a month ago. <laughs> and you know what? We're not going to do it now. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. Awesome. Hey, everybody, listen to the podcast. Thank you so much. Make sure that you go and get the call-in app. Uh, that is where we're going to be hosting our Twitter spaces moving forward. Uh, so download the call-in app. You can find it in the comments here on the YouTube stream. We'll also be tweeting it out. Uh, post pod tonight at about 10 15 p.m central time uh it'll be on all of our social channels tomorrow join us tomorrow night 7 p.m on call in uh, it's a really awesome opportunity for us so we'd love to get you guys on there and then we'll be back wednesday with another pod friday we're on call in again and then next sunday right back here on youtube at 9 p.m central time you guys have a great start to your week we will talk to you tomorrow evening until then and as always thunder up